Dunhuang. Situated along the ancient Silk Road, where fine arts and divine beliefs merged with the natural world. It's where the East and West interacted and where the world's largest Buddhist art gallery still fascinates and amazes people today. A place where stories of life and death, love and hatred, passion and desire, faith and sacrifice have been generated and told for 2,000 years. Buckle up for our podcast, Why We Love Dunhuang, the one and only podcast that can take you to the fantasy world of Dunhuang and beyond through our audio tour. Listen and subscribe for free on major podcast platforms. Why we love Dunhuang? You will have your answers. 鸟儿的欢鸣 今天让我们一起来听美国剧作家阿瑟米勒的一句话：英国作家D.H.劳伦斯的一首诗歌《December 'You cannot catch a child's spirit by running after it. You must stand still, and for love, it will soon itself return. Arthur Miller. 你不能通过追逐孩子的灵魂来抓住他。你必须站着不动，为了爱。他很快就会回来。阿瑟·米勒。阿瑟·米勒是美国的剧作家，一九一五年出生于纽约，毕业于密歇根大学，二零零五年去世。阿瑟米勒在读书期间开始尝试戏剧创作，一九四七年他凭借《全是我的儿子》一举成名。一九四九年花六周时间写成的《推销员之死》得到了包括普利策奖在内的三大奖项，为他赢得国际声誉。阿
正在收听的是轻松调频美文阅读 ，More to Read。下面让我们一起来读诗。More to Read。闭上双眼，静静聆听，敞开心扉，慢慢品味。Poem of the day。December night, D. H. Lawrence. Take off your cloak, and your hat, and your shoes, and draw up at my hearth, where never woman sat. I have made the fire up bright. Let us leave the rest in the dark and sit by firelight. The wine is warm in the hearth. The flickers come and go. I will warm your limbs with kisses until they glow. Twelfth-night-night. 脱下你的鞋帽，靠近我的炉边。这儿从未有女人坐过。我把炉火拨得辉煌，让我们坐在火光旁边，把其余沉入黑暗。炉上的葡萄酒多么温暖，火光摇曳，忽隐忽现。我将以亲吻。温暖你的四肢，直至他们闪烁出光芒。我们刚刚听到的这首诗歌《December Night》，十二月的夜晚，出自英国著名作家。D. H. 劳伦斯，英文版本由 Mark Griffiths 为您朗读，中文版本由南海之声的主持人周薇为您朗诵，由吴迪翻译。D. H. 劳伦斯出生于1885年， 1 9 3 0年去世，是20世纪著名的英国作家，也是20世纪英语文学中最重要的人物之一，同时也是一位最具争议性的作家，其主要成就包括小说、诗歌。戏剧、散文、游记和书信。他出生于矿工家庭，当过屠户会计、厂商雇员和小学教师，曾在国内外漂泊十多年，对现实抱批判否定态度。他的代表作品有《儿子与情人》《红》《恋爱中的女人》和《查泰莱夫人的情人》等。劳伦斯的诗歌可以大致分为早、中、晚三个阶段。他的早期诗歌大多带有自传性质，而到了中期，劳伦斯的目光转向了自然界。他用生动的语言表达了对鸟兽花草的热爱，而在劳伦斯的晚期诗歌中，他则主要表达了对死亡和重生的看法。December night. D. H. Lawrence. Take off your cloak, 
and your hat, and your shoes, and draw up at my hearth, where never woman sat. I have made the fire up bright. Let us leave the rest in the dark, and sit by firelight. The wine is warm in the hearth. The flickers come and go. I will warm your limbs with kisses until they glow. Twenty-second night, D.H. Lushang 我们就不知道什么是我们精神和情感的寄托，但我们一旦便利了世界，却发现我们再也无法回到那美好的地方去了。当我们开始寻求，我们就已经失去，而我们不开始寻求，我们根本无法知道自己身边的一切是如此可
孩子 ，children。中文版本由轻松调频的主持人阿丽为您朗读。孩子，梁实秋。Children by 梁实秋。我一向不信孩子是未来世界的主人翁，因为我亲见孩子到处在做现在的主人翁。孩子活动的主要范围是家庭，而现代家庭很少不是以孩子为中心的。一夫一妻不能成为家，没有孩子的家像是一株不结果实的树，总缺点什么。必定等到小宝贝咕咕坠地，家庭的住持才算放稳。男人开始做父亲，女人开始做母亲。大家才算找到各自的岗位。I never believed that children are the masters of the future world, but I see everywhere they are the masters of the present world. Their major playground is at home. Nearly all the modern families regard children as their centers. Husband and wife do not make a family. A childless family is a fruitless tree. Something is missing. The foundation of a family becomes firm only when a child is born. Then the man becomes the father, the woman the mother. Everybody has his position. 我问过一个并非神童的孩子，你妈妈是做什么的？他说，给我缝衣的。你爸爸呢？小宝贝翻翻白眼。爸爸是看报的。但是他随即更正说：“是给我们挣钱的。” Once I asked a child who was not child prodigy, "What is your mother's job?" "Sewing for me," he said. "What is your father's job?" "Reading newspapers," he said, looking up at me. "Oh, he earns money for us," he corrected his reply. 孩子的回答全对。爹妈全是在为孩子服务。母亲早晨喝稀饭，买鸡蛋给孩子吃；父亲早晨吃鸡蛋，买鱼肝油精给孩子吃。最好的东西都要现成给孩子，否则，做父母的心里变起惶恐，像是做了什么大逆不道的事一般。孩子的健康极其舒适。成为家庭一切设施的一个主要先决问题。这种风气自古已然，于今为烈。自有小家庭制以来，孩子的地位顿行提高。以前的孝子是孝顺其父母之子，今之所谓孝子，乃是孝顺其孩子之父母。孩子是一家之主，父母都要孝他。The child was right. Both the father and the mother do things to serve their child. They eat poorly, saving money to buy the best food for him. Everything best is offered to the child, or they feel uneasy, as if they committed a monstrous crime. The health and comfort of a child become prior to all other things in the family. This kind of tradition originated in ancient times. And it is now all the more prevailing.
ever since the small family system was founded, the position of children has been raised. The dutiful sons in the past were sons who were dutiful to their parents, but the dutiful sons today are actually parents who are dutiful to their children. Children are the masters of families, and parents are servants. 孝子之说并不偏激，我看见过不少的孩子，鼓噪起来能像一营兵，动起舞来能像械斗，吃起东西来能像饿虎扑食。对于尊长宾客有如生幡，不如一时撒泼打滚有如扬弦。玩得高兴时，能把家具、食物狼藉满室。有如惨遭洗劫，但是孝子氏的父母则处之泰然，视若无睹，顶多皱起眉头，但皱不过三四秒钟，仍复堆下笑容。危及父母的生存和体面的时候，也许要狠心咒骂几声，但那咒骂大部分是哀怨、乞怜的性质，其中也许带一点威吓。但那威吓只能得到孩子的善笑，因为那威吓是向来没有兑现过的。My story of dutiful sons is not unreasonable. I have seen quite a few children who shout like warriors, play like fighters, and eat like a hungry tiger pouncing on its prey. They treat adults like barbarians. They roll on the ground like epilepsy patients when they are not happy. They make a great mess of the rooms which looked ransacked and looted when they are happy in the play. The dutiful son-like parents do not stir an eyelid, ignoring all that. They frown a little at most, but smile again quickly. They curse with resolution only when their honor and self-respect are threatened. And even then, there is much piteous tone in the cursing. Their cursing may carry some threat, which only causes the children to laugh as the threat never takes effect. 孟义子问孝，子曰：“无为。”今之孝子，身为是说，凡是孩子的意志，为父母者宜多方体贴，勿使稍受错阻。近代儿童教育心理学者又有发展个性之说，与无为之说正相符合。孟义子 once asked Confucius how to be a dutiful son. Confucius told him to be obedient. Nowadays, the dutiful sons practice the theory all right. They are obedient, respecting children's wills, never frustrating them. Modern children's education psychologists preach on personality, which is in harmony with the theory of the dutiful son's obedience. 体罚之制早已被人唾弃，以其不合儿童心理健康之故。我想起一个外国的故事：一个母亲带孩子到百货商店，经过玩具部，看见一匹木马，孩子一跃而上。前摇后摆，踌躇满志，再也不肯下来。那木马不是为出售的，是商店的陈设。店员们叫孩子下来，孩子不听；母亲叫他下来，加倍不听
，母亲说：“带他吃冰淇淋去。”依然不停。买朱古力糖去，格外不停。任凭许下什么愿，总是还一个不听。当时演成僵局，顿成焦灼状态。Physical punishment has been cast aside, as it is not good for children's psychological health. It reminds me of a foreign story. A mother took her kid to a department store. Passing by a toy center, the kid mounted on a rocking horse when he saw one. He swung and swayed, flying high, refusing to get off. The horse was on display, not for sale. The store assistants asked the kid to dismount, but he turned a deaf ear to them and to his begging mother. His mother promised him many things, such as ice creams and chocolates. He just did not listen. There was a deadlock, and things became stuck up. 最后，一位聪明的店员建议说：“我们何妨把百货商店特聘的儿童心理学专家请来解围呢？”众谋千同，于是把一位天生有教授面孔的专家从八层楼请了下来。专家问明原委，轻轻走到孩子身边，附耳低声说了一句话。那孩子便像触电一般，滚鞍落马，牵着母亲的衣裙，仓皇遁去。事后有人问那专家，到底对孩子说的是什么话？那专家说。我说的是，你若不下马，我打碎你的脑壳。Then a clever assistant suggested they invite the children's education psychologist of the department store to solve the problem. They all agreed. A psychologist with the professor's face came down from the eighth floor at their request. Having known the reason, he quietly walked to the kid and whispered to his ears. The kid rode off the horse fast, like one struck by electric shock. Holding his mother's skirt, he fled in a hurry. When the psychologist was asked later what he had said to the kid, he answered, "I told the kid that I would break his skull if he refused to dismount." Children, by Liang Shiqiu. I never believed that children are the masters of the future world, but I see everywhere they are the masters of the present world. Their major playground is at home. Nearly all the modern families regard children as their centers. Husband and wife do not make a family. A childless family is a fruitless tree. Something is missing. The foundation of a family becomes firm only when a child is born. Then the man becomes the father, the woman the mother. Everybody has his position. Once I asked a child who was not child prodigy, "What is your mother's job?" "Sewing for me," he said. "What is your father's job?" "Reading newspapers," he said, looking up at me. Oh, he earns money for us," he corrected his reply. The child was right. Both the father and the mother do things to serve their child. 
They eat poorly, saving money to buy the best food for him. Everything best is offered to the child, or they'll feel uneasy, as if they committed a monstrous crime. The health and comfort of a child become prior to all other things in the family. This kind of tradition originated in ancient times, and it is now all the more prevailing. Ever since the small family system was founded, the position of children has been raised. The dutiful sons in the past were sons who were dutiful to their parents, but the dutiful sons today are actually parents who are dutiful to their children. Children are the masters of families, and parents are servants. My story of dutiful sons is not unreasonable. I have seen quite a few children who shout like warriors, play like fighters, and eat like a hungry tiger pouncing on its prey. They treat adults like barbarians. They roll on the ground like epilepsy patients when they are not happy. They make a great mess of the rooms which looked ransacked and looted when they are happy in the play. The dutiful son-like parents do not stir an eyelid, ignoring all that. They frown a little at most, but smile again quickly. They curse with resolution only when their honor and self-respect are threatened, and even then there is much piteous tone in the cursing. Their cursing may carry some threat, which only causes the children to laugh as the threat never takes effect. Meng Yizi once asked Confucius, "How to be a dutiful son?" Confucius told him to be obedient. Nowadays, the dutiful sons practice the theory all right. They are obedient, respecting children's wills, never frustrating them. Modern children's education psychologists preach on personality, which is in harmony with the theory of the dutiful son's obedience. Physical punishment has been cast aside, as it is not good for children's psychological health. It reminds me of a foreign story. A mother took her kid to a department store. Passing by a toy center, the kid mounted on a rocking horse when he saw one. He swung and swayed, flying high, refusing to get off. The horse was on display, not for sale. The store assistants asked the kid to dismount, but he turned a deaf ear to them and to his begging mother. His mother promised him many things, such as ice creams and chocolates. He just did not listen. There was a deadlock, and things became stuck up. Then a clever assistant suggested they invite the children's education psychologist of the department store to solve the problem. They all agreed. A psychologist with the professor's face came down from the eighth floor at their request. Having known the reason, he quietly walked to the kid and whispered to his ears. The kid rode off the horse fast, like one struck by electric shock. Holding his mother's skirt, he fled in a hurry. When the psychologist was asked later what he had said to the kid, he answered. I told the kid that I would break his skull if he refused to dismount.
感谢您收听今天的美文阅读节目。您也可以通过云听 App 在线实时收听美文阅读以及轻松调频的其他节目。想要查看美文阅读节目文稿，欢迎您访问网站 radio.cgtn.com。今天的节目就到这儿，我是沈听，我们明天见。